Today's podcast features an article from Discern Magazine. This podcast is continuing our series on Jesus' Olivet Prophecy found in Matthew chapter 24. In our previous episode, we explored Jesus' prophecy that true Christians will be hated by all nations in the end time and will face violent persecution. But after Jesus talked about these dangers, these negative things that his people will face, he made a much more optimistic prophecy about his people. Despite the fact that they will be unpopular, he said they will be doing something, something very positive. Let's read about that in Matthew 24, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. This isn't about a specific future event. This is about an ongoing effort that has been happening for a long time and will continue to happen into the end times. In a sense, it is just as much a mission statement as it is a prophecy. Jesus was telling his people what their commission to do by stating it as a prophecy in absolute terms. He said it will happen. Jesus Christ wanted this prophecy to drive and motivate a relatively small and weak group of people, his church, to do something big, to have an effect, to have an influence on this world. Let's explore this prophecy section by section to see what truths we can learn from it. So let's look at the first part, and this gospel of the kingdom. The first five words of Matthew 24, verse 14, identify what the gospel is that the church would be preaching or proclaiming, the gospel of the kingdom. Mark records that this was the exact same message Jesus was preaching at the beginning of his public ministry. We read about that in Mark 1, verses 14 through 15. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time was fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Matthew's account tells us the same thing in Matthew 4, verse 23, and in Matthew 9, verse 35, Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. So essentially what Jesus was saying in Matthew 24, 14 in that prophecy was that his church would just continue preaching the same message, the same gospel that he preached when he walked this earth. This is significant because it reveals an important marker to identify the true church in modern times. You know, there are many religious organizations out there that claim the name of Christ, that, that call themselves Christian, and they talk a lot about Jesus and claim to represent him. But very few of them say anything about the gospel of the kingdom. If you look at their mission statements, you'll find that phrase is very rarely used, if ever. And most of those churches don't make the kingdom of God a central theme of their preaching. Many of them preach a lot about Jesus, and that's important, but the problem is they say very little or nothing about his actual message. His message was centered on the kingdom of God. That message encompasses many truths, all revolving around the central truth that God's ultimate purpose is to establish his kingdom or his government on this earth, and that human beings, that we can be a part of that government by entering his family. There's so much to explore when we look at the topic of the gospel of the kingdom. 
And yes, it is important to understand who Jesus Christ was, what he taught, what he did. But we have to also proclaim the same message that he did. And this prophecy identifies what that message is the true church will be preaching, the gospel of the kingdom. Now let's look at the second part. It says, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached. Let's focus in on that part, will be preached. The Greek word translated will be preached is the Greek word keruso, keruso. According to Thayer's Greek lexicon, this word means, quote, to be a herald, to proclaim after the manner of a herald, always with a suggestion of formality, gravity, and an authority which must be listened to and obeyed, end of quote. Preaching usually entails proclaiming a message in a way that appeals to the heart, the heart of the listener, and urges action. It also implies that those preaching it have a sense of authority, and they preach it with authority, and also with passion, and with zeal. There are many scriptures in the Bible that give us examples of what this kind of preaching is like. I'll give you a few references. You can look them up later. Matthew 4, verse 17. Luke 24, verse 47, and Acts 8, verse 12. Now, when we compare this word to Jesus' parting instructions in Matthew 28, often called the Great Commission, he used a different word there to describe how his church, how his people would spread his message. Now, in Matthew 28, verse 19, he stated, this is the King James Version, "'Go ye therefore and teach all nations.'" That word there, teach, is different from the word preach found in Matthew 24, verse 14. That word teach there in Matthew 28, 19 is matateo, matateo, and that's more of an academic term. It means literally to make a disciple or a student, to teach or to instruct. So this word describes more of a formalized instruction of the truths of the Bible in a logical manner that helps people clearly comprehend them and how it applies to them. So when the gospel is proclaimed, it usually includes a mixture of both methods, both preaching and teaching. In Acts 28 verse 31, we read about the Apostle Paul doing both. The verse reads, Paul was preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. So when the kingdom of God is proclaimed, it has to be done using both methods. It has to be preached or heralded, proclaimed with authority in a way that appeals to the heart and urges people to act, but it also must be taught a logical explanation of the truths of the gospel so that people understand it and understand it deeply. So the true church of God tries to do both. Now let's move on to the third part of the verse. We've read, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. The next part is, in all the world. Jesus was clear that his church would preach or proclaim or teach the gospel message on a global scale, not just a local scale. This effort began shortly after the church received the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. According to Acts 1 verse 8, the Holy Spirit empowered them to, quote, be witnesses to me or Christ in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So they were to start in their local area, in their local city where they were at that time, Jerusalem, spread out to the region, Judea and Samaria, and then 
spread the gospel, the message, to the end of the earth, as far as they could take it. In Romans 10, verse 18, Paul wrote the same thing. He said that the gospel must be spread to the ends of the world. Now, the apostles in the first century that we read about in the New Testament made an effort to spread the gospel message as far and wide as they could, and they were driven and they were motivated to spread it to the end of the earth. But in that world, it was still just not possible to reach all ends of the world, 100%. The Roman Empire had built roads and created maritime pathways that allowed a lot of the Mediterranean world to be connected, connected very well, and that allowed Paul to travel to many places in the Roman world. But there were still many parts of the world that were just inaccessible to them. They preached to as much of the known world as they could travel to on foot and by boat, but it wasn't until the modern age that this verse could really be accomplished in its fullness. In the 20th century, technology, mass communication technology, began to be available and to be used by the Church of God to truly proclaim the gospel of the kingdom to the entire world. That began with the printing press, with radio and television. The church used all those methods in the 20th century to spread the gospel farther and wider than it had ever been spread before. And today, the Church of God continues to use the internet, which is in some ways an even more powerful tool to reach all nations. So the main point is, the church isn't commissioned to do just a local community work. Now, Church members, Christians, should be examples and lights to their community and do what they can there, but the mission of the church is really to do a global work, to do a work on a worldwide level. Sadly, modern circumstances do make it difficult and sometimes impossible to reach some nations due to the ideologies and restrictions of certain governments, but the Church of God continues to do all it can to make the gospel message as accessible as possible to all nations around the globe. Now let's move on to the fourth part. We've read, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. And then he says, as a witness. So let's look at that. As a witness. Jesus said it will be preached as a witness. The Greek word for witness is martyrion. From this Greek word, we get the word martyr or to die for something. But the original Greek word simply meant a testimony. Greek scholar Spyros Zadiades, in his Complete Word Study New Testament, wrote this as a definition of this word, quote, the declaration which confirms or makes known anything, end of quote. In the New Testament, this word was often used to describe the apostles giving a testimony or an accurate eyewitness account of the facts of Jesus's life and death proving his messiahship. You can read about that in Acts 1, verses 21 through 22, Acts 4, verse 33, and Acts 5, verse 32. Now, since the death of the Apostle John, who was the last of the living original apostles in the first century, it's not possible for anyone to give an eyewitness testimony of biblical events in the same way. But Jesus' prophecy still dogmatically states that a witness will be given. We have the biblical record, the biblical testimony to continue to give that witness. And the Church of God continues to use the Bible as a testimony to give a witness to what God is doing, what his plan is, and what he has done in the past. 
So in this work today, we continue to try to give a testimony based on scriptures. So when we teach about the gospel of the kingdom today, when we write about the many events that happened in the biblical account, when we write about the truths found in the Bible, we try to base that on the accurate testimony of scripture. Now let's continue to the fifth and the last part of this verse, of this prophecy in Matthew 24, verse 14. We've read, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So let's focus on that last part, and then the end will come. What does this teach us? Well, this reveals to us when this work, when this effort would be concluded. And Jesus said it would be concluded at the end. Well, what does the end mean in this context? Well, Galatians 1 verse 4 calls the age we're living in right now this present evil age. So when Jesus is talking about the end in this context, he's talking about the end of this present evil age, which is marked by the return of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ returns, this age, this age of man, this present evil age will be ended and a new age, which we sometimes call the millennium, or we've called in the past the world tomorrow, a new world led by Jesus Christ will commence. But we should note that there are other prophecies that show how the gospel is preached will change in the very end of this age, the few years preceding the return of Jesus Christ. Conditions will change in the world. Christ said it will be the worst time in all of human history, and that time, that era, will affect the church. There are other prophecies that talk about the church being weakened at that time. Daniel 12 verse 7 talks about the power of the holy people being completely shattered. So the power of the church being shattered, resulting in what Amos 8 verse 11 talks about, a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. This probably connects to the persecution that we discussed in the last episode. Persecution against God's people in the end time, which will include martyrdom, will effectively stop the organized effort to preach the gospel to the world as a church. But that doesn't mean that the gospel will no longer be preached to the world. In fact, the book of Revelation shows it will continue to be preached to the world just with a different method. The book of Revelation talks about two special men during the Great Tribulation that are called the two witnesses. In fact, they're called in Revelation 11 verse 3, my two witnesses, and that God will use those two individuals to proclaim the gospel, the truth, and a warning message to the entire world during the three and a half years of the Great Tribulation. Now, the two witnesses are a big topic, and we can't go into that in this episode, but you can look in the show notes and you will find a link to our two witnesses article, and that will help you understand that topic a little better. So that's the prophecy. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. We've broken down each section of this prophecy. We could have gone into greater depth, but we don't have time to do that. But hopefully you have a better understanding about what this prophecy and this mission is telling us. This prophecy in Matthew 24, 14, isn't something far off in the future or something that has already been done and finished way in the past. It is actually, in a sense, being fulfilled at this very moment as you listen to this podcast. This podcast is produced by the Church of God, a worldwide association, and we are driven by this prophetic commission to do the things that we do. We read this 
and we try as hard as we can to do our part to fulfill this prophetic commission. In addition to this podcast, we publish Discern Magazine, which is read by people all around the world, and sponsor LifeHopeAndTruth.com, which is a website full of resources to help people understand the Bible better, and that website also is accessed by people all around the world. We are small, but we are determined to preach the true gospel of the kingdom to all nations as a witness before the end comes. For the Discern Podcast, I'm Eric Jones. Thanks for listening. For more information from today's featured article, visit lifehopeandtruth.com.